welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra coming up on today's show. The Atlanta Hawks take on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight, and I just want to see some, some consistency. Understood. And the Falcons put a wrap and a bow on the 2022 season, but did they give us today a sneak peek into what they want to do in replacing someone on the sidelines and some folks on the field? And last but not least, and for the culture, Kendall Milton is my homeboy. We'll talk about all that next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener of the day. Remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate it from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by Bet Online. And also, if you want to see us on the bit screen, tired of listening to us on your phone? I get it. I get it. You know, you want to see what we look like and what we sound like, all that good stuff. Go ahead and download that Roku and Amazon Fire app. I am live out here at Flowery Branch Training Facilities. Ooh, we got to talk about what's going on. We got to download on Terry Fontenote, Arthur Smith. But first, we got to talk about the Atlanta Hawks taking on the Milwaukee Bucks to get the dub out there and to finish the road trip 2-2, two and two, 500. And we saw a lot of good things in that game. And I think one of the things that I really liked about it, T, is the fact that Trey Young was able to close that bad boy out. But also, another guy that has been really coming along since he came off of injury, mm-hmm. DeAndre Hunter. Indeed. Last four games, T, since he's come off, he's averaging about 19 points, and he's been playing lights out on D. Yeah, that's been very, very exciting to see because anytime we see DeAndre in two-way form, it's always a good look for the Hawks. And normally, I'm not talking about just a good look, Jarvis, but usually that's a W, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I always like to see. And and Jarvis, what I also liked about what I saw in DeAndre Hunter was the aggressiveness, the assertiveness. Yeah. Everybody talked about this. It kind of went viral. What happened at the, like, was it 30 seconds before halftime, right? Yeah. Because you had this deep three from Trey Young, and then you had the alley-oop to John Collins, and then you had the steal and the dunk from DeAndre Hunter. That's the type of aggressiveness that we're going to need to see from them tonight in order for them to get a win. But yeah, anytime we see Dre being aggressive, that's always a positive, especially you look in that plus minus, the differential is always in in favor uh, for Dre and therefore in favor for the Hawks. Absolutely. And that's the thing that, you know, you want to look for for, from this team because we know the team is capable. It's just night Mm -hmm. in and night out. What's their mindset? What's their mindset going into this game? Because we know what they're capable of because we've seen it. We talked about, you know, as far as what DeAndre Hunter can do. We've talked about what John Collins can do when he's using his uh, basketball IQ in games Mm -hmm. and late in games. And even in that game against the Clippers, he was able to get a a key rebound, you know, and box out and like do what he's supposed to do in those moments. So Mm -hmm. I think that the the key for them tonight is is definitely that consistency and and, and making sure they're doing what Coach Nate wants them to do. And and I think that, you know, uh, when you ask, when you start asking about some of those things, I thought it was kind of interesting, though. I kind of want to throw this at you. Also, the Hawks 
officially announced that they signed Derek Favors to yeah. a ten day contract. I don't know about you, T, but uh, that man, he's he's a big. And uh, last last time I checked, we've been waiting on Clint Capella to come back for how long? November twenty third, seven games ago, and counting. So Landry Fields told John and you, our guys over at ninety two nine, this morning that Clint Capella was day to day. And then an hour or two later, they confirmed for us that they were signing Derek Favors to a 10-day contract. He, of course, former power forward and center for Georgia Tech and, of course, a journeyman in the NBA. And what that tells me is this. Yes, I don't doubt because Landry Fields is always very forthright that CC is indeed day-to-day, but the definition of day-to-day because you know how the Hawks do it. They move from we're going to have you with trainers, kind of doing some one-on-one action, and then we might move into two-on-two, three-on-three until we get you to the point where you're able to play five-on-five ball, and then we'll slowly bring you back in on minutes restriction. So until I hear him, meaning Landry Field, say that Clint Capella is maybe doing three-on-threes or four-on-fours, then you go out and get Derek Favors. That tells me that maybe Clint's getting close, but not nearly as close as we need him to be, especially having missed seven games. So, yeah, I think that kind of low-key told you what you needed to know about the fact that they know that although Onyeka Okongu has had an excellent run across the last couple of years against Giannis Antetokounmpo, you got you have some tough games coming up next, and you're going to need a presence like that in the middle, especially because, okay, Jarvis, not trying to be mean or, you know, throw anyone under the bus, but Frank Kamin. Kaminsky ain't it. <laughs> yes. Like, I, you literally read my mind because I'm sitting up here. I'm like, I do not want to see Frank Kaminsky in the first quarter. No. Of any game for no. the rest of the season. Like, no. I'm officially probably about halfway through the season right now, and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see Mr. Kaminsky in the game in the first quarter. The only time I want to see him is at the end of games when the yes. Hawks got the game in hand. Right. The it was trash points and trash minutes. When the game has got out of hand, then to see him in the first half. So, yes. Right. Uh, Derek, we welcome you. Uh, South Atlanta uh, representative. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah. We appreciate you for coming on. And, and hey, and many people that can come in and get rebounds, mm-hmm. they'll be Absolutely. But um, But going back to something you said was actually great that you pointed out DeAndre Hunter, because the other piece there is this. You're starting to see it it was actually a couple games back. I thought that DeJounte Murray had the best game that I'd seen, meaning the most complete game with the Hawks. Right. And I think that was to begin the the four game West Coast swing. And I said, yeah, that's the DJ that the Hawks went out and got that they wanted to see on a consistent basis. And he's been building, building, building there. The reason I think that's important is because if you look at the two particular categories where the Hawks thrive, not just when they beat the Bucks twice, but even in the game that they lost to them earlier in the season, they were twice Jarvis in the rebound category ahead. It was like 49 to 41 and it was like 48 to 42. But even in one of those games, it was literally 42 to 41. So it, it bode very, very well for the Hawks when they were able to get some presence inside and really contest shots. Yeah. But they held the Bucks as well, especially in those wins, to 33% from the perimeter and 21% from the perimeter. That is huge. That's going to be necessary if they're going to win that game tonight. So, again, like you said, got another big to kind of get in there, maybe absorb some fouls and maybe contest some shots. We'll also need DeAndre Hunter and DeJounte Murray and even JC to kind of keep doing what they did in those first couple of games, getting out to the perimeter and making sure 
that the Bucks understand we're going to contest that shot as well. So if you make it, we're at least going to make you work for it. Absolutely, because we know a lot of times we know the Hawks struggle when it comes to boxing out and getting mm-hmm. rebounds and giving up all those second chance points. And we know the Bucks, they are they got some bigs that can take advantage of that. And we definitely don't want to see that tonight at State Farm Arena as the Hawks get ready to take on the Bucks at seven thirty. The tip. Our own Tanitra Batiste will be there live and in person. So if you see her, make sure you all speak. Stop being so scary. Oh, no. All right. Anyway, speaking of a team that's not scary, the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, it just came out that Jalen Carter has announced that he's going to go declare for the NFL draft. Oh, my God. I thought the man was going to stay in school and get his degree. And I thought education was a – let me not even go into that spiel. Yes. Um, not shocked at all that this man is, is potentially going to be the number one overall draft pick. He signed with Drew Rosenhaus, but I think with all of the people that are going to declare for the draft and, and graduate and move on uh, to other things, uh, whether it be playing football or, or whatever endeavors they want to get into, um, who do you think is going to be the biggest loss for, for, for the Georgia Bulldogs as they try to come back and get this three-peat like we talked about earlier on in the week? Yeah, I will go in a totally different direction. I know that last year you had 15 players who declared for the draft and just player after player after player who went in that first round where it was just like domino, a domino effect, right? And you also have a Jalen Carter among players who are going to declare for the draft with the dogs that are going to somewhat deplete that defense. However, if we've not seen anything else, they reload like nobody's business. The dogs do, Mm -hmm. right? So I think in the direction of quarterback. I think that's one of the reasons, not that Stetson Bennett should have stayed in the game for all four quarters, don't get me wrong, but I thought it was interesting that, yes, Carson Beck was second on the depth chart going into the game, but I felt like that was the start of Kirby Smart's evaluation process to determine who he wants under center because he has said, and Todd Munkin has said, they do want somebody who is mobile. Right. And yes, yeah. Stetson Bennett showed us shades of that. But you've heard a lot about, for example, Brock Vandergriff being a pretty uh, maybe the one who has the most mobility of the three, meaning Carson, Gunner and and uh, Brock. So um, thinking about or John Vandergriff. So I'm thinking about that piece and the fact that, you know, I think this will be one of those situations like you and I used to say all the time, although I know Matt Ryan had a way bad year this year, but we used to always say you'll appreciate him when he's gone. You'll appreciate Stetson Bennett even more when he's gone, because now you're looking at some underclassmen having to take on the weight of a guy who essentially lost three games his whole tenure of starting and has led this team, not just managed, led the team to two to back to back championships. So I I would say that's going to be maybe the biggest loss for them. Yeah, I have to agree because Stetson Bennett is the guy who was the catalyst for this offense and being one of the best offenses in the league. And I even uh, yeah. in the college football uh, and I even tweeted out during the game. I was like, Todd Munk- Munkin is in the matrix. So when Todd Munkin speaks as to what he wants, and that, that is exactly what he's going to get because yes. that's what you need to give him too, Coach, uh, Coach Smart. So I, I think this competition is going to be very interesting. And I think mm-hmm. that's going to be the main focus as the dogs get ready to try to go for this three-peat. Now, if you're trying to figure out a way to win some money, if you're trying to figure out a way to get over in the new year, how about you head to betonline.net because it's the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. You name it. They got it all there for you. You guys, 
I've been looking at this thing and I'm trying to figure out because, you know, it's January now, February, March is coming up. So that means college basketball. Yep. It, is, it is about to get ready to go down. So who are you going to put your money on? Who are you looking for to put in that bracket? Go to Bet Online because it remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all leagues this season. You guys come to us each and every day for all your ATL sports needs, for all your uh, betting needs. Go to Bet Online. It is right there, waiting for you. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Because Bet Online is where the game starts. And of course, I'm sure there's information that you could see soon enough on BetOnline.net about where various teams will go in the draft. And of course, we now know that the Falcons will be selecting eighth. So our own Jarvis Davis was out at Flowery Branch today and actually he's still there out at Flowery Branch today for the end of season press conference. Right. And uh, that was the opportunity for, uh, of course, the media to speak with Terry Fontenot speak with Arthur Smith and players to kind of get their thoughts on wrapping up 2022, but kind of looking ahead a little in 2023. So one of the questions that you asked was something that's always a topic of debate, right? And that is whether or not a team will choose to go with fitting a need with their pick, especially those high picks versus going best available. Travis, what were your thoughts? Well, first of all, kind of share with our audience some of what the answer was for you, what your question was, and then kind of give our fans, our listeners, and our viewers your thoughts on what that might indicate for where the Falcons will go this time of year. Yeah, see, one, one of the things I've always been intrigued by, because a lot of times people think that, you know, when, when, play, when coaches or general managers say best player available, they mm-hmm. think that, oh, yeah, like, the people value quarterbacks more so than they value other positions. So if the best quarterback in the draft is right there, we're going to draft him regardless of whether we got a quarterback or not. No, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily how that works. And right. I think he gave a really good example as to what, you know, knowing what your needs are and and, and not necessarily settling for the best player available about where you pick. And you gave an example of Arne Evocati. And I thought that was very interesting, right? Because uh-huh. here's, here's a good coming. This is coming from a guy that I've always said. I've always said hashtag pass rush matters. Like that's my theme for the 2023 offseason, you know, getting ready for next year. I think that the Falcons need pass rushes. And they knew they didn't need pass rushes. Like if you're going to sit up here and say, oh, best player available, best player available, but you know right. what you need. <laughs> right. So, right. They have been lacking in that department. Yeah. So guess what they yeah. did? They they, they they saw the value and educated, and they traded up for him to go mm-hmm. get him. So, And that's my – that's what I feel comfort in. Like I know if you're sitting there, you know, you, you're going to be aggressive. And we talked about it on the show yeah. about – Terry being a little bit more aggressive this year. Mm-hmm. You talk about shifting into the next phase of this rebuild. He went, yeah. those weren't his words. He didn't say rebuild, but he right. said, he talked about shifting phase, into the next yeah. phase. This is the next phase. This is where you know that you need to address those glaring issues, right? Because you mm-hmm. got a solid foundation and, right. uh, as, a, as, a, as a team and, and what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you talk about what those, when you talk about what those things are, and, and, and making sure you're doing those things and, and, and making sure you're addressing those issues. And I think that that was one thing that I was kind of kind of made me feel all right when, when he yes. broke it down like that. And, you know, he was mm-hmm. just like, OK, yeah, this this guy, he understands. He understands what's yeah. going on. It's not like he looks at games every week just like we do. 
And, and I think that when you when you know what you need and you know what you value, mm-hmm. you value somebody like an educator, you right. moved up and do it. That that tells me that if they value Jalen Carter mm-hmm. in, in that first round, yes. and they feel they see an opportunity to jump up and go get them, mm-hmm. they're going to do that. Yes, and they actually have been stacking. Whether you look at draft picks, whether you look at money that could be utilized for free agency, they've been stacking the deck so that they can really go out and, like Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith both said, move it to that next phase. And the word that you even used, aggressive. They didn't have to say the word aggressive. The speech, the focus, them giving that particular example. When he gave that AK example, I smiled because yep. I was like, he's tipping his hand in a good way. He wasn't yeah. trying to be deceptive or anything, but he was letting us know we went for what we wanted last year. And also, I think that gave us a lot of relief because, of course, being that we've covered the team the last few years. So we were there for the Kyle Pitts selection. We were there for the Drake London selection. And while we respected the fact that those guys really were best available at that time, it really kind of made us nervous, especially this go round because we're like, oh, dear God. Oh God, a receiver. But then why are we ignoring this other side of the football? (laughs) Yeah, we're like, oh no, no, no. But when they were aggressive in going after Arnold Epicati, and then it kind of kept going. Troy Anderson and D'Angelo Malone, all of a sudden a sense of relief came on. And then you get confirmation this season because you started seeing those players come on and actually make some impact. And that also speaks to one other piece that I thought was interesting where they talked about how their fo- what their focus would be in terms of how they balance uh, going after guys in the draft and going after veterans and how they used this year's template of, hey, we had to do one-year contracts, right? One-year prove it. But now mm-hmm. we're in a position where we may be able to be a little bit more aggressive and go after some of those higher caliber and higher quality guys. So like you, you know, you said hashtag pass rushers matter. And for me, I'm like, hashtag use all your, all your picks on defense. I'm going to be a little bit more forthcoming than I am in this particular. (laughs) All I'm going to say until that draft day, I can promise you that. The other thing I thought was interesting and actually very encouraging as well is the thoughtfulness with which Arthur Smith talked about selecting his next defensive coordinator. He was so fortunate to have built that relationship with Dean Pease starting in Tennessee and bring Dean Pease out of retirement the first time to come here and bring him in for what they were hoping was three years, but obviously he ended up just coming for two years. But we, we talked about it yesterday. Obviously, he's already made the imprint. But then they talked about really casting a wide net and not rushing this process because they want to get the right guy in the system with not just the players they have, but the ones they know they're going to go after. That said, I wondered, hmm, I like that thought, but... Does that still mean at the end of the day that Frank Bush, their linebackers coach, who also subbed in for Dean Pease when he got injured in that Saints game when he got knocked down, are they? Are, is he going to get as much of a look to become that next DC, especially because he's had two years under Dean? Yeah, I think he's definitely going to get a strong look. But I, it's, uh, if you're asking me if you're going to get preference for the position, I don't think so because here's the thing. I think Arthur Smith is really clear as far as what he wants in Terry Fontenot, even when it's hard mm-hmm. to say that, like yes. those are the exact words. So I think that I, it's for him, for Smith is is for it's, it's about establishing something. 
establishing a foundation. Like he even gave an example of the Baltimore Ravens, which I thought yes, was an excellent. I example. love that example. Like, yes. It doesn't matter who the DC is. It's about a system, having yep. a system in play and knowing how you want to play and establishing culture. Terry Farno used culture probably about 30 times. 30, right. Like, I'm not yeah. playing a drinking game with that particular uh, um, term right there. Um, so when you, when you think about the coach knowing what he wants, the GM knowing the type of player or knowing the type of scheme that he wants to have or what mm -hmm. he sees, he knows what he has difficult right. difficulty against when he's calling plays as a play mm -hmm. caller as well when he's wearing mm -hmm. that hat. So all those things kind of add up to, all right, we're, we don't have to preference, you know, uh, uh, Frank Bush, but we do know exactly what we want. And Bush may have a little head start in that, right. you know, being that he worked mm -hmm. up under DNPs and he got a chance to call plays. And he was the interim defense coordinator for the New York Jets as well mm -hmm. back in 2020. So yes. he has experience doing those things. So I, I think that Bush could be a candidate, but I wouldn't be surprised if he if they may take a look at a guy like Brian Flores or who yeah. or Gerard Mayo. You never know. And it is because if those guys are able to say, hey, I understand what you're trying to do and I can call plays accordingly, then mm -hmm. they're going to get the job. Yeah. And you'll have guys like, you know, I was reading an article from our friends over at the Falcoholic and they kind of outlined very specifically some options. Of course, they mentioned Frank uh, Bush. They also mentioned Tracy Rocker from the Eagles. And of course, yeah. Arthur Smith keeps his Tennessee ties. So their D-line coach, yeah. Ter Terrell Williams, was also uh, an option listed there. But I say that to say that when you look at those defenses, you made a great point about the Baltimore Ravens. They have one thing in common, and that is a system. Like the Eagles system is vaunted. That has been in place for as long as we can remember, regardless of who is the D.C. Same with the Titans. You know, that is a defense, a defensive system that has been respected over time. So certainly those are some options. It'll be interesting to kind of see how it plays out over the next few weeks or months as they decide who is that guy is going to be on the defensive side kind of leading the charge. And if you want to know about that or you want to know how some of these dominoes are going to fall, a former Falcons defensive coordinator, for example, Raheem Mars, where is he going to land now that Sean McVay is pretty much giving all his people free reign to go wherever they want to? Want a reaction to that? Check out Locked On Sports today because they have the goods on all the things going on, not just in the NFL, but even in the NBA. I'm sure they want to give you guys instant reaction on the fact that the Miami Heat shot 40 for 40 from the free throw line Tuesday night. Unreal. So if you want to check all of that out, go and check out Locked On Sports today on YouTube, on your Odyssey app, or wherever you download our podcast, because definitely, of course, you want to stay, stick around with us, but then you want to check them out next. And you love our For the Culture, which we're going to get into in a moment. So check out their show because they have Take of the Day, and it is really cool stuff as well. And Jarvis, one more thing, just in your overall sense of the direction of where the Falcons are going next season, we know that free agency is right there beckoning for the Falcons to do something. Did you get an indication, especially because I thought that there was some very, very positive commentary about Desmond Ritter towards the end of, of the press conference, especially when Terry Fontenot started talking about the process of what they were looking for in him. But the question did come up about the possibilities of where you go for QB or where you go in free agency. Did you get any indication of where they might land as far as a potential backup or even a potential competitor for QB1? 
I don't think so. I, yeah. I believe, I wholeheartedly <laughs> believe, I believe with my heart and soul that they are, they are sold on Desmond Ritter. I think so too. And how long that is, I'm, I'm not, I won't put a number on that. I believe that they are sold on Desmond Ritter. They mm-hmm. like, I, I believe they like the, the development that they saw. They like the progression that he, he went through from game one to game four. Uh, I, I, that stuff matters. Consistency matters with Arthur Smith. And I think that Terry Fontenot, um, he loves consistency as well. That's one of the reasons why he fell in love with Desmond Ritter. Because I talked about best player available and being out in those senior bowl games. Yes. I asked him about that, like what are the benefits of it. And he his first example was Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. Right? <laughs> because, hey, you get a chance to really get to know the guy and understand who he is. And like every time you come in contact with him, he was the same guy. That and like when you when you got to pay attention to that type of stuff because when mm-hmm. coaches and general managers talking about consistency, uh, not only off the field but on the field as well. A lot of times that transfers to on the field because mm-hmm. if I if I talk to you the same way, I engage you the same way. Every time I meet you, more than likely your training, your being, you mm-hmm. know, your ethos is is a. Uh, a Terry Fonda like to use your ethos is I'm gonna be consistent with you. Yes. I got I'm gonna make sure I get, I greet you and meet you and, and and sit with you and do with you the same way each and every time. And that means a lot when you're talking about being an athlete and doing what you're supposed to do off the field from a yes. studying standpoint and mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. sure you're interacting with your teammates yes. because we all know what that locker room how important that is and how yes. that what that get down is. So yeah, I think. Uh, I think the Falcons are going to be cool with Desmond Ritter going to the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that they're more, going to be more so of a backup situation yeah. when it comes to that quarterback position and not necessarily a guy who can compete for the starter position against Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll be more focused on putting a few more pieces around him to make him successful because think about it. Not to say take anything away from the current receiver core, and we know we've spoken highly of the running back core, but Desmond Ritter's numbers in just four games, especially on that critical third down, which is a place where they have problems all season, the average for the league is like around 88% for quarterbacks. His was in the mid-90s. So that's something to say you could hang your hat on because you know that that guy can help you move the chains in critical situations. But again, that's something to be encouraged about. So I don't believe... Falcons fans need to be stressed about the draft at all. So we always talk about Bill Barr in terms of something you should eat when you're stressed out. Honestly, I think you guys around draft time will be eating that in celebration. You better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, let, let's, let's put a positive spin on when you should have a Bill Barr, especially because they've kind of remixed their offerings and what they're bringing to you guys. So same delicious treat, but now even fewer grams of fat and calories the caloric intake is going to be up or the calorie intake is going to be up so if you want to eat healthy and you want to eat positively in good situations this is where you should go 100 chocolate check that's still there but now you've got a few different flavors churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond and i know i like almond so that's a good look now only 130 calories that's what we're talking about remember the calorie intake used to be higher so they've even gotten that better and yet reduced the sugar down to four grams increase the proteins to 17 per bar so definitely check it out if you're like me and you live in wally world you're gonna find that you can find a bar in wally world now it's a four-pack box at walmart and if you like me and you live in wally world the upscale version sam's club you can actually get a 13 bar box and that box comes with those brownie butter 
uh, bars that I talked about, or Bronick Batter, rather, and churros. So again, you can go to build.com and order, but you can also go to Walmart and Sam's Club and get what should be becoming your favorite snack of the day. And what you also should be doing is going to Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube and hitting that doggone subscribe button. We are on our way to 6,000. We're at 5,200 right now. So we got a little ways to go. So we need your help. If you have not subscribed or liked our channel, go there and get that doggone subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell. So whenever we get ready to drop an episode, you will be notified. And there's nothing wrong with being linked to us. 24-7. It's cool. I promise you. We ain't gonna we ain't gonna disturb you. We're just gonna give you this good content each and every day. But see, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. Sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. How about this? I mentioned at the top of the show that Kendall Milton's my homeboy. Here's why. So <laughs> it's 59 to 7. It's the fourth quarter. Kendall Milton out here got a little touchdown under his belt. So he looking at his office line, he's saying. Man, my boys look hungry. You know what? Let me make my way over to this doggone field level suite. Oh, y'all got some wings? Man, let me get that plate right there. Boom. Snatch the plate of wings, walks it back over to the bench. Then all the big homies just start grabbing wings, T. They just grub it. They just grub it. And, and the game's not even over yet. No. We're talking about disrespectful. No, this is not disrespectful. This is absolutely amazing because little guy take care of big guy when he's hungry i'm talking about you got a friend for life t yes life yes wings too come on and let's just be honest the disrespect had already happened on the field all right jordan had chosen violence from the first minute of that game okay so all he was doing was being as gangster as his whole team had been the entire game and he just decided like you said to reward his big guys for being a phenomenal o-line i mean won that game in the trenches the from really from the opening kickoff, if it will be the backups too were in there. And then the backups were like, <laughs> I'm like the backups were out here, like, oh wait, you want to eat, Brandon Robinson? We got you. Go to so and, and literally, yeah, figuratively, right? But yeah, it's so Atlanta, like it's so Atlanta. And let me just say this: the reason I'm saying this for all of our friends in Athens, we love you, but we claim you. And let me tell you why we legitimately are able to claim you, because the Atlanta metro area consists of upward of 16 counties, of which, what is it, Clark Athens? Clark, Clark, County? Clark County. Clark County. Yeah. Clark County, that's you too. So when we say that's so Atlanta of him to do, well, because it is. Yeah. The wing culture spreads everywhere. Yes. And he should know. That guy, on, <laughs> that guy on the other side knows it better than anybody. Guys, whatever I he can tell you. If somebody's in town and they are wanting some wings, first thing I do is text Jarvis. JD, where we going? What are we doing? What should I where should I think? T do I feel you? Do I feel you? Do I do I, do I come through or no? Oh we just disappoint. And we appreciate you guys for coming through each and every day right here on ATL Day Ones and making us your first listen. How about you make your second listen? Locked on Sports Today. That is the place you need to go because they have all the news, the national news and everything. Like you might find out about what's going on with the Heat. Or you might find out about what's going on with the Falcons defense coordinator search. All the coaches moving around in the NFL. Go to Locked on Sports Today. They got, got it right wherever you download this podcast. And Coming up on tomorrow's show, we got a more, lot more to download on this end-of-the-year press conference from Terry Fondo and Arthur Smith. 
And we'll see if the Hawks were able to show some consistency. Y'all make sure y'all come back now, you hear me?